Hey, welcome to another episode of Greater Greener Georgia. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, it's been raining here every single day, and it's been annoying. It really has been. I was hoping for a nice sunny summer, but I don't know. It's been raining a lot. Yesterday really feels like the first day in like two months that I can remember it not raining. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to have nicer. Luckily, it kind of cools everything down, which is nice. Yeah, that is true. But I just, I want some time in the sun, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, the, the end of the summer brings us some nicer weather. For sure. Um, well, we can jump right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start just by updating everybody about the mask mandates in Atlanta, at least in Atlanta. It's, it's different outside the city. Mm-hmm. But Mayor Keisha Lance Bombs, um, she updated a new mask mandate from the CDC in Atlanta requiring all persons in public places, including private businesses and establishments, to wear a mask or cloth face covering over the nose and mouth when indoors. And this is a quote from her website uh, or the government website. Public health experts overwhelmingly agree the data has proven that wearing a face covering helps slow the spread of this deadly virus. As COVID-19 rates increase, we must remain vigilant, wear a mask, follow CDC guidelines, and other measures to ensure the safety and well-being of our community. Yeah. The news lately has me feeling like we're in March 2020 all over again. Yeah, with the new variant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really confusing because you're not really sure. You know, for a second there, we weren't wearing masks, but mm-hmm. now I'm kind of just like when in doubt, wear a mask. Yeah. Everywhere if I'm going to be in contact with anybody. Yeah, definitely wear a mask and get vaccinated if you haven't yet. For sure. Please. <laughs> yeah, so we can go back to some semblance of yes. normalcy and not have to live in the VR Zuckerverse or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no more Zoom. <laughs> Uh, and so while we're waiting for Americans to continue to get vaccinated, we're also waiting for Congress to get us some more voting rights protections on the federal level. Uh, just yesterday, actually, Senator John Ossoff introduced the Right to Vote Act, which would aim to protect people from laws that generally make it harder to vote in every state. And it would officially establish the right to vote as a federal law for basically the first time. Uh, this bill would also pave the way for people to be able to challenge any policy that restricts ballot access in court. So it's not very clear yet how likely this bill is to actually get bipartisan support. Uh, But all I'm saying is the longer we wait on this issue of voting rights, the less likely it is, in my opinion, that we're going to have the chance to protect our voting rights again down the line. And so it's really important that you call your senator today uh, and ask them to support this bill. Uh, The phone number that will take you to the switchboard to talk to your senator is 888-453-3211, and they'll connect you to your senator. Uh, very important. Let's very speak important. up on this one so that we can protect our voting rights before it's too yeah. late. And there's, you know, there's a lot of new updates on this. Obviously, it's evolving. So yeah, we'll try and keep you updated on our social and everything website wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on that note, Miles, do you want to hop into your big story of the week? This week, I want to talk about the Golden Ray shipwreck and how it's continuing to spill oil along the Georgia coast. Um, some history Um, about this wreck is uh, Golden Ray is a South Korean automobile carrier that capsized on September 8th, 2019, shortly after leaving the port of Brunswick, um, carrying about 4,200 vehicles. Demolition work to remove the shipwreck in eight giant chunks began in November. About half the ship remains partially submerged off St. Simons Island. So when you're on the beach in St. Simons, you can see a giant cargo ship 
literally just sitting there. And so I've actually never heard of this before. So this shipwreck was almost two years ago, and they're just starting to clean it up now. Yeah, well, it's a whole process because you obviously such a big ship, you can't just pull it out and how it capsized over. It's literally laying on its side. So it's really hard to pull out. So they've made a plan of basically cutting it into chunks Mm -hmm. and removing the chunks um, one by one. Um, It has been periodically leaking oil ever since it was capsized. They did try and remove a bunch of the oil when it originally was capsized, but there's still a lot left Mm -hmm. on the ship. Back in May, actually, a large fire engulfed the wreck while crews were working to demolish the ship. Demolition was about halfway complete when a fire ignited while workers were using cutting torches on the hull, which seems like you, like an oversight to use yeah. torches on a on a ship Something that covered in oil. has yeah. oil in it. Sounds bad. <laughs> yeah. um, luckily, it's not like the BP oil spill or one of those where it wasn't actually carrying oil. It's just oil from the ship. All right, so the news now is the environmental response teams are went into overdrive this weekend to clean up a significant discharge of oil from the Golden Ray shipwreck off Georgia's coast. Basically, what happened is the crews were going in to cut a portion of the ship, oil started leaking, and there is an environmental protection barrier around the ship, but the um, tides changed and the oil ended up going under the barrier mm-hmm. and going onto the coast. Another the, thing you would think that maybe the, the barrier would protect from not just one tide direction, but, um, you know. Yeah, sounds like a little bit of an oversight. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not an environmental engineer, so I'm not yeah. sure. But so this oil spill has affected two and a half miles of shoreline on St. Simons. Um, I was seeing on social media this week that people were just walking around the oil spill and getting into the water, <laughs> which <laughs> the beach determination. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it was hot, but you know, yeah, <laughs> is it worth it? To go I'm swimming not sure. in oil. Yeah, and it, it, the beaches aren't actually closed. Um, but there is an, a warning and advisory against swimming and wading in the water that are the affected areas. But they're kind of saying like, you know, if you see oil, don't go in the water. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people are still doing it. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Office of Response and Restoration. Say that 20 times fast. <laughs> <laughs> oil can harm animals by impairing their ability to fly or swim and can restrict the ability of plants to perform photosynthesis. On St. Simon's Island, oil has been seen on marsh grasses, but no injured or oiled animals have been reported. So that's good. good. Yeah, that's really good. As of Monday, more than 35,000 pounds of oiled sand has been collected. Mm -hmm. So that's just oil that's washed up on the beach and they're just taking the sand with it. Threat of more oil spills is not over. The ship still needs to be fully removed from the Georgia coast. Plans to remove three more sections of the ship are scheduled for the next 15 weeks. But um, because of the hurricane season and COVID delays could occur, um, this is still an ongoing issue. So, again, check our social and our website for more up-to-date info. Um, But, yeah, it just seems like maybe just trying to avoid that area if you're going or trying to swim in the water. But, you know, luckily, you know, it's not the biggest oil spill ever, which is good. But, you know, it's still causing environmental impact if that oil is to get more is to get deeper into the marshland and Mm -hmm. into the water more and you know there could even be another disaster with removing the ship it's not you know out we're not out of the water yet a bad situation that i guess seems like it could have been worse so i'm glad it wasn't but 
Uh, yeah, definitely not the best. All right, stumbled through that <laughs> now. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on into more of a national news story going on right now that definitely has some close ties to Georgia and DeKalb County especially. But as we all know and are very well aware of, the pandemic triggered the loss of tens of million jobs around the country. And many people still have not returned to work and have not been able to find a job or have only been able to come back with part-time jobs and everything is just very difficult with that uh, on the employment front right now. And due to that, um, there are a lot of statistics going around that 20% of renters in Georgia are behind on their rent payments on their houses. Um, this is coming from data from the census, and if this is painting an accurate picture, it means that there's more than 400,000 households in the metro Atlanta area alone that are behind on rent. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, people. a lot of people are struggling to pay their rent right now, which it makes sense, you know. Yeah, because that's households. I mean, that that's yeah. a lot of people. That could be multiple. <laughs> that could be a whole family. That, exactly. You know, uh, and so luckily at the beginning of the pandemic back in 2020, the CDC issued an eviction moratorium, which says that landlords were not allowed to evict their tenants within a certain time period. Because if you think about it with a pandemic going around, if you evict people, then they're just going to be out on the streets or maybe in homeless shelters, and that's just going to spread COVID even further. And so it is just safer to keep people in their own homes uh, until they can figure out how to continue paying rent. Unfortunately, this moratorium expired on July 31st last week. So it didn't mean that people were going to be immediately evicted. It's not like at midnight on July 31st, everyone's going to be kicked out of their homes. But it did mean that the legal process was able to start happening of uh, landlords filing in court to start evicting their tenants. Um, however, there's actually been a lot of updates on this throughout the week. And even though it expired on July 31st, a lot of local areas, so specifically DeKalb County was one of the most notable ones, created their own moratorium on evictions to last even longer. Our chief superior court judge, Asha Jackson, uh, signed an emergency order creating a ban on evictions throughout DeKalb County for another 60 days, which meant that residents of DeKalb County who were at risk of being evicted still had two months to figure out some kind of a payment plan or an application for um, federal or state assistance program. As I was doing the research on this story, there is a huge update on the national level. It still seems like a band-aid definitely a band-aid <laughs> over a bullet hole you yeah. know it's not like somebody who can't pay their rent now is going to be able to pay it in two months but it at least bought them a little bit more time um, and DeKalb County was not alone in this there are a lot of other counties and cities around the country that started issuing emergency orders um, and it sounds like Biden got the message <laughs> which luckily yeah, uh yeah, just a few days ago, President Biden extended the moratorium federally for another 60 days. Uh, and actually, to be clear, it doesn't extend it across the entire country. It extends over areas that are being severely impacted by COVID, which I was reading does still cover 80 to 90 percent of the country. So it's almost the entire country still has this moratorium. So now residents have until October 3rd to hopefully try and figure out how to pay their rent or to figure out an alternate plan. Um, although, yeah, Miles, like what you were saying, definitely a band-aid over a bullet hole. It makes me think like if we're able to just keep extending these moratoriums and providing people with aid, I don't know why that would have to stop. Yeah, there definitely should be that federal assistance coming in to, you mm -hmm. know, landlords and renters um, to pay their bills, mm -hmm. pay their dues. And um, yeah, just keeping extending 60 days, 60 days, 60 days. It's like, when is it going to end? Yeah, There exactly. needs to be some type of help. But, you know, it, 
it's just a delay to the inevitable, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But hopefully within that time, more people are getting vaccinated, more people, you know, hopefully staying healthy so we're able mm-hmm. to get people back into the workforce and right stuff, exactly so. and i mean yeah this is definitely indicative of a just more systemic issue of if mm. millions and millions of people are behind on their rent checks it's it's not their fault you know that's definitely yeah. a much bigger issue at play so many people living paycheck to paycheck you know just surviving you know mm-hmm. so then when they lose that source of income you know it could be a whole family again it's these are households not individuals so this Mm -hmm. is a whole family out of their home not just one person too exactly and there's also a little bit of research coming out of princeton university's eviction lab which clearly indicates that racial minorities and women are disproportionately affected by these evictions especially during a pandemic Um, and so it's really important to just keep an eye on this and analyze how the federal government is handling this crisis um, because it'll really show how likely they are to continue supporting people who are in need in times like this during a pandemic because you know, the end of the pandemic is not just going to mean that everything goes back to normal. Everyone is swimming in money and loves their jobs. It's this is an issue that's going to keep coming up for a while. Yeah. So many things with this pandemic have come up where these systemic uh, these systemic issues are being exacerbated by yeah. this pandemic. But they were that doesn't mean that they weren't there before. Exactly. Um, you know, Yeah, the pandemic just brought them to life, to light, but they were already there. Exactly. So it's kind of an interesting thing to see what changes moving forward will have to happen. And I think it will have to be large scale changes to get past this pandemic and get past these injustices and the inequality in in housing, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, Something to look definitely. At. And, and it, yeah, another one of these evolving stories. I'm sure more updates will come on this in the coming months. Of course. And maybe if we cover it, you'll hear about it on um, Greater Greener Georgia. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our episode today. Keep wearing your mask and staying healthy and have a green day. I don't know if we're going to keep that <laughs> no, or not. we should say that. <laughs>